Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Fumble, myself, Vernon Kay, and the man with all the numbers, the facts and stats, Mr. Darren Fletcher. Darren, we are entering lockdown two, the revenge. Uh, it's going to be tough on all of us, but firstly, our family well, is everyone okay? Yes, everything good this end. What about you? Yeah, we're all good. Tessie's flying with Strictly. The kids are knuckling down at school, so I can't complain. Everything as it stands at the moment is all right. But one main concern, Darren, is that with lockdown and COVID, I'm hearing that we might not be able to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, the, the Crossy, Crossy hit us with the bad news that he thinks that if you go, you've got to quarantine two weeks before and two weeks after, which makes it a month-long event, which I'm more than happy to be involved yeah. in. <laughs> not a problem. It might be a problem at home, but once we're in Tampa Bay, that is not a problem. Somehow Crossy's managed to turn this into a negative, but he seems to be quite positive from where I'm sitting at the moment. <laughs> I mean, we had, we had such a good time last year, didn't we? And we were thinking it's in the same part of the world. It's in Florida again. So we know the weather's going to be okay. And, you know, we, we were strolling up and down Ocean Drive and all that kind of thing. So it would be a shame if we can't go. Um, but, I mean, I, I just kind of think bigger picture. that that's, that's kind of the least that anybody needs to be worrying about at the moment. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about everybody who can't go to work and they, they can't see their families. And I, I just hope that... It does only last for a month, this, and we can come out the other side and get um, get something in place for at least for Christmas. Because what worries me at this time of year, though, not getting too deep, is that this is the type of the time of year where we're being told to stay away from people. But it's the time of the year where you need to reach out more. You know, there are a lot of vulnerable people at this time of year who need a, a helping hand, and you need to keep an eye on them. We're being told we can't do that, so that's a big worry for me at the minute. That possible, so that people can be healthy for other reasons and that people can enjoy Christmas and, and all that. Families can get together. And I think if we can do that, that, that would be a, a, a good end to what's been a really difficult year for everybody. Yeah, I totally agree. And obviously, you know, our thoughts are with everyone out there. But let's go back to Miami. I mean, those were good times, Darren. We had a proper laugh. You arrived a couple of days before the game. I arrived on game day. And I can just see it now. The sunshine, 
the atmosphere, the music blaring out from the bars and, and the restaurants. And I'll never forget that. That was an amazing experience. Just sat there. And then our, our producer, Simon Cross, gave us a microphone and went, right, off you go. And then it was like... It was like the Premier League, the Champions League commentator, Darren Fletcher had arrived in the stadium, painting pictures like Picasso. It was awesome. I'm like, I just, I was just literally dumbstruck because I watch on a regular basis your Champions League stuff and the Premier League. And I'm, I just turned to you, I'm like, my draw dropped. I'm like, oh my God, he's just flicked the commentary switch. And off you went. <laughs> the game was great. And we all kind of hoped that we'd see the coming out party at Super Bowl level for Patrick Mahomes because that... I would have loved to have been in the stadium when Brady did it for the first time, when he beat oh, the yeah. Because the first one's always the one where you, you think about it. So to be there for his first Super Bowl, and it won't be the last. It might be, I mean, you can't say that for sure, but I mean, as near as damn it, he's that good, he's going to get them there again. <clears throat> it might be this year. But to be there for the first one was really special. But one thing I've got a real memory about that was, was we, we stayed in a, in a hotel, small hotel, on almost like a a paved area just off Ocean Drive. So we stayed kind of just off that and everything was down there. That was where all the TV studios were and everything. And next door to the hotel, there was a bar, if you remember rightly. And we, I we do. Drink after the Super Bowl. There was a bar in there. But it was a cigar bar, wasn't it? Yeah. Never been in a cigar bar in my life. Don't smoke. Never smoked in my life, nor do you. Uh, of which there are many in Miami because of yeah. the Cuba connection. But for some mad reason, we decided to sit in a cigar bar and neither of us smoked. So we sat there in the clouds of bloody plumes and stuff everywhere. And then Ed Reed walked in, didn't he? <laughs> so the great Ed Reed walked into the cigar bar. Of course, Miami Hurricanes and Baltimore Ravens legend, Hall of Famer. But if ever you follow Ed Reed on Instagram, most of his pictures involve a cigar, don't they? Oh, so really? Clearly huge on the cigar scene, Ed Reed. <laughs> and he got a hat on, a really cool hat. And he got the beard and he looked a million dollars. And it was another one of those moments where I wanted to be the fanboy. But like you always say, just act like you belong. But I don't belong in a cigar bar. I don't belong there. I belong <laughs> next to Ed Reed with you taking pictures. Not, <laughs> but that, that was, I remember that. And it was literally, you could, you walked out of that door and turned into our hotel. And there was, there was the great Ed Reed on our doorstep. Which it was, was so bizarre. So bizarre. Because we were literally... Our hotel was literally above the cigar bar and yeah. this kind of strip mall of restaurants and cafes and bars. And we just said, I remember we got back, we were a bit tired. And he said, come on, let's just go out for a beer. Let's go and have a beer. So we went downstairs, literally turned left, left again, straight away into this bar. And there's the mighty Ed Reed. Now, being a free safety myself, yeah. I couldn't help but say something. And he was very courteous. I think he was a little bit tipsy, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. But I think him and... Our dear friend Ray Lewis, they, he, Ray loves a cigar. Because remember when the previous Super Bowl, not previous, but the one before that in Minnesota, Minnesota. where Ray was looking for a cigar. I, I think if memory serves me correctly, Ray was smoking cigars in a bar where you weren't allowed to smoke cigars. But <laughs> Ray Lewis, so he smoked them anyway, if memory serves me correctly. And I've not got a great memory about that night, as you know. Going off on a tangent, Darren, and speaking of stadiums, here's one for you. You know the Cowboy Stadium has the massive Jumbotron, which is the full length of the field? Yeah. Right. You can hire some of the VIP suites in that stadium, and they allow you to use the Jumbotron. You can use that big telly. So if, you, if you're having a birthday party, let's say for your, for your kids, 
You can plug in an Xbox and you can play Call of Duty on that. No, you can't. <laughs> yes, you can. Really? You can. Yeah. They allow it for private functions. Now imagine with the sound system and that big screen playing Call of Duty. Oh my gosh. Imagine that. I tell you what, it's that for people who don't realise it's that big. When I did Super Bowl Forty Five there, the year that Green Bay beat Pittsburgh, the the Black Eyed Peas came down on ropes off the top of it. They were literally stood on the top of it. I would suggest at the moment that the the Jumbotron, whatever it's called, is actually more valuable than the Dallas Cowboys' current roster. In, in, <laughs> truth be known, they are struggling. And and uh, like you know, it, it, here it's topical. All right, Let, let's get involved. We, we, we're not mentioning it. We're not political in any way, shape, or form. But the absolute cluster, whatever that the American election is, right? And watching Donald Trump stand up to the podium, Donald Trump's complete denial of what's happening is exactly the same as Jerry Jones' complete denial that he's responsible for the failure of this Dallas Cowboys team. You know what? That's a great point. That is a great point. Jerry Biden Donald into the Supreme Court to get the season annulled. Yeah. (laughs) He probably would try and blame someone apart from himself. Donald walks out, Jerry walks in, bang. Exactly. Game over. Done. There's a lot of people listening to this podcast on the way to work or they're having a jog or whatever they're doing, and they're thinking... Play Call of Duty on that big screen or FIFA on that big screen. Certain people thinking, what are the things you can do on that big screen if you have <laughs> the right audience? <laughs> Genuinely hire it, can you? And do what you like. Yes. Wow. You can you can hire you can hire the kind of, No, I don't, I'm not having that. There has to be some kind of clause. I will find a link. Certain things on there. Darren, you can't you have can, you can do what you like with it. Yeah, no, 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 no. Listen, right. you cannot have a hundred yards worth of penis. Going, doing what a hundred yards worth of penis would do on that jumbo. No, there's a clean clause. Is there? There's a clean, yeah, a clean clause. There's yeah. got to be. I mean, you're in the most Christian state in America. Yeah, that's what I'm you thinking. You can't, you can't put that on there. Not no, a chance. But here's here's something for you. So we we have mutual friends who play our work in the NFL, right? And when your team arrives in that stadium. There's an unwritten rule amongst the guys that when the cheerleaders are on the jumbotron, you do not look up. Really? You do not look up because wives and girlfriends are watching. So the cheerleaders come on and there's this huge big booty on the screen and players and coaches and assistants are all like gawping up at the the jumbotron. Wow. It's wow. an unwritten rule. You do not look up when the cheerleaders are on because you get caught on TV. <laughs> wow. I tell you what. I tell you what. Hey, just, just on the subject. Uh, Hang on. What subject? Oh, are we yeah. <laughs> worth of penis? Oh. <laughs> the subject we actually started with was in Miami, wasn't it? The Super Bowl in Miami. So yeah. Prisoners back to Miami. <laughs> I made the point at the start of the year that I thought the Dolphins would win 10 games this year. You did indeed. And I was laughed at. And we've got a WhatsApp group on our winner-takes-all fantasy league. And I've been shouted down on there. Mike Holt in particular, one of the great producers for Fighting Talk who works closely with Crossy. He's not having it at any price, starting to wave bets around and all sorts. But there they are, three on the spin. Um, They've got a game this week now which is winnable against the Cardinals. They've beaten the Rams. They've beaten the 49 Oh, Darren, that's a big statement. A winnable game for Miami against the Cardinals. The thing that holds them back is, is, is the fact they've changed quarterback. But yeah. 
they are a legitimate team. And over the next couple of years, provided two is any good, they will be a legitimate playoff contender in, in, the, in the, the AFC because they've got a fantastic head coach and they've accumulated decent players and there's a real freshness about them. And I think they're a real, they're a real feel-good story this year. And it's always great for the NFL fan because we've got a lot of Dolphins fans over here from yeah. the 80s and Dan Marino. So they're yeah. always a franchise that, that, that are popular in England. And I think we're, we're potentially going to see the rebirth to a certain extent of the Dolphins, not to the great Don Shula days, but I think Brian Flores is quietly a really underestimated coach in the NFL. He'd learned from Belichick, brilliant career in, in, in New England, and now he's got his own gig. He's, he's doing a fantastic job, and he did it last year with a really bad roster. They've got better players this year, so I'm, I'm really impressed. And, and that he might... He might actually make me right this year. For well, I, do you know what, Darren? Watching them literally dismantle the Rams at yeah. the weekend, I thought their defense was outstanding. There's no other way to describe it. I mean, Tua, yeah, he won his first game, but their offense didn't do anything. Their offense was a mere shadow of the Rams' offense. It was the Miami Dolphins' defense that won that game for Special them. Special teams, too. Yeah, and I, I, like the, I like the play calling on the defence, putting pressure on Jared Goff constantly, never, getting him, never giving him time to settle in the pocket. or He had no time to check down. It was always his first call in the past. So that, that defence, if they can carry this offence for a couple more games and let Tua settle in, let him get his rhythm with his wide receivers, then I think you're right. I think 10 games isn't an impossibility. No. They can actually do it. So they could potentially be a playoff team this year. I think it's a good test against the Cardinals because the Cardinals are, I think it is. are they? They're not, they're not one of the, the top four or five, but they're a playoff team potentially themselves. So I think it's a nice marker for them to see where they are. But I mean, they've beaten the Rams, they've beaten the 49ers, they've pushed the Bills all the way. You know, had they, had they, been, had they executed a wee bit better against Buffalo, they might well have been a, a game better off than they are now and, and right in the thick of of the division race. They've still got to play the Bills again. They've got some really winnable games towards the end of the year. I think they play Jacksonville. I think they've got Denver. They've got teams they can beat. There's a real chance. And I think, it, I think it'd be great if they did. And it's almost like this weekend, normally you kind of say, who, who are you looking forward to seeing this week? And it's always the usual suspects, isn't it? Yeah. This week, the two games that jumped out to me were Dolphins at Cardinals, for the reasons I've just said. And Seattle at Buffalo. I mean, oh, you think yeah. about that. I mean, wow. You're talking about, you know, two teams that you'd never go, can't wait to see them this week. But that's a really good game. Six and one against six and two. You know, I'm still not convinced how good both of them are, but I think they're both good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're not good, but I don't quite know how good. And I think this is a really good game this week to work out how good both of them are. Whichever team wins that game is going to feel really good about itself. We mentioned it either last week or the week before that Pete Carroll seems to have adopted the Kevin Keegan uh, style of coaching where as long as we score more points than them, I'm not bothered how many we concede. But he seems to have bolstered or he's trying to bolster his defence this week with the trade deadline falling upon the NFL. Russell Wilson will be the league MVP. I've never seen him play out of his skin like he did this past weekend. He was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And we talk about arm strength in these 
I guess you would call him a veteran of the NFL, no? Wouldn't you, yeah. Russell Wilson? Yeah. We, we, we talk, or you hear talk many times, of arm strength of these veteran quarterbacks, and he has not lost an inch, never mind a yard. No. I mean, he is unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. And I think he's got MVP prospect written all over him. DK Metcalf is coming through. Lockett's no joke. But I just think, I, I can't believe that we've gone from the era of the Legion of Doom with such a powerful defense that carried the Seahawks, let's be honest, to now a complete flip of the coin where Wilson is literally carrying the team on his shoulders. And the defense is really struggling. Yeah. Ken Long Jr. has got a job to do there. Yeah, I, I think this is, the, this is the mark of a great coach. And I think Pete Carroll will go in the Hall of Fame when he, when he finishes. And I think when you see the great ones, they work out what they've got and then they play to that strength. So when he first came, it was all about the defensive backs and the speed on defence and the fact that you couldn't score on them. So they became a very good defensive team and a very conservative offence. And it was great, got them to a Super Bowl, they won one. You know, they, 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 did, they did superbly well. But now, the defence has lost a lot of the starters. Bobby Wagner is the only KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner are the two holdovers and Bobby Wagner's one of the best in the business. But he's let, me, let, me just, let me just stop you there, Dan, and go off on a tangent, but it, it, it's relevant. Remember when you hosted the Seahawks event in London at the Grove Hotel? Yes. And Bobby Wagner just give you a death stare. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. Oh, my gosh. He did. He's quite an intimidating character, is Bobby Wagner. Damn right. He wants the confrontation and you know that he wants it. So you're trying to avoid it at all costs. But in trying to avoid the confrontation, you end up confronting him. You can't help it. So what you think to yourself when you walk out, I could have said anything there and it would have been the wrong thing to say. He's that yeah. kind of guy. But he's got that look and you're thinking, wow, this is a serious dude. Bobby yeah. Wagner is a serious man. I think you and I walked out to that conference room and we both agreed instantaneously that Bobby Wagner is quite close to being a psychopath. Yes. You can see it in the eyes. Yeah. If, if I saw him on Unsolved Mysteries on one of the answer being Bobby Wagner. But what I was gonna say was that now he's got now he's got great receivers, he's got a fantastic quarterback, he runs them all okay. His offensive line's not brilliant. But he's gone from being this conservative win on defense and, and don't give it away on offense to being lights out on offense and we can't stop anybody. And I think that flexibility is is brilliant for a, a head coach. If you can change like that, it really does show that you've got to a fantastic mind. There's no reason why they can't get through the NFC. And I've got to say that I've not been... I like a certain type of NFL player. I've always liked to... I've always had a bit of a thing for defensive players. So I've always liked kind of me Mike Singletary's and me Lawrence Taylor's and me Ray Lewis's and... The icons. kind of guys, you know? I like those kind of people. And when I think about the running backs that I liked, it was people like Riggins and Marshawn Lynch and... Those kind of, that's the kind of NFL player that I like. But I find myself more and more drawn every week to DK Metcalf. Oh. All of a sudden going right into my top five NFL players that I love to watch. He's unbelievable. Size, speed, everything. And the fact that he's been involved in two of the most memorable plays of the year, one where he's had it knocked out of his hands, crossing the goal line because he's showboating too early. And then a couple of weeks later, he chases down the defensive back who's got no right to beat in a race and, and makes the tackle to prevent the touchdown. He now, he looks, he looks undefendable at the minute. I look at him and think, if that ball's in the right place, with his size, he's like a faster Rob Gronkowski in a mad way. I mean, he's not quite as physical as him, but he's as physical as any wide receiver in the league that I can remember. 
I guess he's as big as Randy Moss, but Randy Moss was skinnier, like height-wise. I wouldn't have said this had I not seen him in the flesh. I was in a, a media centre on Radio Row at one of the Super Bowls. And I think Simon was with, was with, was with me. And Demarius Thomas walked through the room. Right. And he was a giant. And I'd only ever seen him on the telly. And I said, who's that? Demarius Thomas. I would have said defensive end. If Richard Dent would have walked through from the 85 Bears, you would have thought, that's the kind of build. And Demarius, I looked at him, I thought, how do you guard him? Yeah. <laughs> he's bigger than you, he's faster than you, he's taller than you, and he catches it better than you, and he knows where he's going and you don't. How do you yeah. Yeah, I remember thinking, "Wow, that is a, that is a specimen. That is that is Demarius Thomas. That is all man. That is a very, very super talented, um, wonderfully gifted, physically and ability wise, NFL wide receiver." And I'm presuming that DK Metcalf would probably blow me away in a similar fashion if I saw him without the pads on, etc. Yeah, I, I just hope that as his fame and as his star rises, shall we say. I think he's got, there's something about him where I think he could go along the way of Dennis Rodman. He's got a little bit of Dennis Rodman about him. He's got the piercings, he's got the haircut. I just thought <laughs> that Pete Carroll can keep him under wraps, yeah. so to speak, in the off-season. And, and DK focuses on the goal ahead, which is obviously is the Super Bowl. You know the other thing that does it about him as well? You know when you think, oh, I'm going to buy a jersey? Yeah. You don't want a boring jersey. The fact he's number 14. Yeah. Helps you. It's a wide receiver who's number 14. Yeah. Fumbleites. This is one of my pet gripes, okay? If you're going to buy a DK Metcalf jersey, yeah. don't buy one that fits. Don't buy an extra large. Get a small one. to buy a small one. Because if you're going to wear a DK Metcalf, wear a medium so that it makes you somehow look like you fit a DK Metcalf jersey like he does. No one fits a football jersey better than DK Metcalf. Don't go all baggy and get an XXL because you think it's trendy. No, 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 no. Get a small or a medium. Yeah, the good thing about that is now, of course, the, the way they used to be made when Reebok did it, they were huge baggy things. Yeah. The good thing about the Nike ones now is they are made to fit, aren't they? So yeah. you are supposed to wear them as a, almost as a T-shirt. T-shirt, yeah. But they're not supposed to be hanging off yet. The thing is, if you watch an NFL game, they're not actually hanging off the players anymore. They're all taped in and they're all as tight as anything, aren't they? So get yourself a smaller one. Yeah, they, they, they put um, double-sided sticky tape on the shoulder pads. There you go. They put double-sided sticky tape on the shoulder pads. Then they pull the jersey over so it's nice and tight, so it's stuck, so no one can grab you. And then what they do, they put layers of double-sided sticky tape on the vest of the player. So they wrap it round. So then the jersey's tight and then tucked into the pants. Yeah. So you can't grab it. So you can't grab it. So you can't grab it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So I I just wanted to talk about, we started off in Miami. Seeing as we're in Seattle, let's talk about their divisional rivals, the San Francisco 49ers, Darren. There's talk this week that it's time for Jimmy Garoppolo to go out the door. Well, I had a conversation with our mutual friend, Internet Rich, in the week. Because he, at the minute, is a very conflicted Browns fan. And he's looking at it, and he's worked out that Baker Mayfield is good, but he's not good enough. But he's good enough to keep the Browns in that area in the NFL where you don't want to be, between seven and nine and probably ten and six. Because you're never going to be good enough to win a Super Bowl from there. And you're never going to get picks in the draft good enough to keep you or make you any better. So he's worried about that. 
I said to him, I'm having the same thought as a Bears fan. They're about an 8-8 eight eight team. And they look with this group, they're going to be an 8-8 eight eight team for the next four or five years. And they're going to get gradually worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And I've always been of the opinion, you're, you either want to be really good in the NFL or crap. So yeah. you can either get a really good player in the draft to get better, or you're up there already. But that middle of the road, there's no, no place for, for anybody in that middle of the road group in the NFL. And I wonder whether, and I know they got to the Super Bowl last year, but that's a talent-laden roster. Garoppolo looks like he's probably going to do that with San Francisco, doesn't he? They'll be okay, but they won't ever really stink because they're only stinking this year because everybody's hurt. You know, you can't lose the number of players, Kittle, Bosa, Garoppolo. You can't lose everybody and be any good. They've got about four running backs on the IR. So I, th- I agree. I look at that and I think... And they flirted with Brady last year, didn't they? they were, Shall we go and get Tom Brady and then we'll stick with Jimmy G? I think this is the year they can get out of it as well, the contract. So, but, but that got me thinking bigger picture. There's probably, I don't know, eight, nine teams this year that maybe need a quarterback. There's probably three in the draft. And then the ones that are elsewhere, you're thinking, well, I don't want any of them. Because I, I look at good teams. Oh, hang on. You hang do. On. Yeah, that was me. I Sorry. At, I, look at, I look at good teams. How long's Rivers going to play for Indy? Oh. They look like they need a change. The Bears need one, despite the fact they've won five games. Quarterback position's awful. All the ones down the bottom. Did the Jets this year finish with Sam Darnold and go, well, we tried that and it didn't work? I think Darnold's a decent quarterback. I don't think there's anybody to throw to. Mm. Do the Giants go, we've got the first or second pick. We can get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. So we're going to bomb Daniel Jones, even though we've only had him three years. The Redskins drafted Dwayne Haskins, but they need another one already. There's so many teams. When do Pittsburgh get a quarterback to replace Ben Roethlisberger? Can't go on forever. You know, there are so many teams, Vern, at the minute, who you look at it and go, they need a quarterback, and there just aren't enough to go round. And Garoppolo and the 49ers must be in that position. And I just wonder whether, because of that, they stick with him because they're thinking he's probably as good as we're going to get at the moment. It's, it's, a, it's a funny one, isn't it? Yeah, I can't see them upgrading with anyone that's around at the moment unless, unless you take pity on people like Sam Darnold yeah. and uh, your lad in New York and say, OK, the reason why they've been garbage is because they haven't got the ability or the rest of the team hasn't got the ability to make them shine. Offensive line, running back, wide receiver. Because if you can't yeah. establish an offense, your quarterback's going to struggle either way. You know, I keep thinking about how Patrick Mahomes was introduced to the Kansas City Chiefs. And we've got to doff our cap to the patience of Andy Reid because the way he was introduced, they let Alex Smith take the helm for a year, a full year. And that's why I'm a bit nervous about Tua Tagovailoa taking over in Miami. Let him watch Ryan Fitzpatrick, who had a winning record. Alex Smith was all right at the Kansas City Chiefs. There were many opportunities for Andy Reid to say, okay, let's pull him, let's put the kid in. But no, they let him learn the system. And it takes more than a year to learn an offensive system if you're going to stay with that team. So he had the playbook. Apparently, by all accounts, Alex Smith was very gracious in the way that he led the way for Patrick Mahomes. And then as soon as Mahomes took to the field, it was like he was wearing his favourite pair of gloves. It was perfect. So... I think teams have to be patient, but then the question is, how much patience do you have as a general manager or owner of an NFL team? And I think the 49ers, 
you're right, Darren. There isn't an upgrade from Jimmy G with what's available. No, I don't think so. And I think this is going to be a problem for a few. That you know, the, the more you think about it, they were absolutely battered, the Green Bay Packers, for taking Jordan Love in the first round. And not, you know, the popular thought was, and we were probably guilty of this on this podcast. I'm not, I'm not being hypocritical. We probably said the same thing at the time that it would have been better in the short term to get a playmaker for Aaron Rodgers to try and get them another Super Bowl. But the more you think about it and the more quarterback issues that pop up, the fact that they've spent a first-round pick now on a quarterback who they will sit for a year or two, which worked brilliantly when Rodgers backed up Brett Favre. It's something they've done before. That decision looks a lot more sensible now as the year goes. They're still putting up points. They thought about trading for Will Fuller. So it's obvious you can go out there and get yourself a wide receiver if that's what you need. But they've got the quarterback. And there's a lot of teams that would swap places with them now and, and try and do that. So it's the most important position, I think, on any sports team in the world. Yeah. I don't think there's any sport you can play where another position is as vital as the quarterback position to an NFL team. And before the keyboard warriors pipe up, we mean team sports, not individual sports. Yeah, on a team (laughs) sport, you know, obviously Roger Federer is more important to his tennis racket than, but you know what I mean? I mean, I I, I can't think of it. I've thought about this a long time. You think about a basketball team and there's only five of them, but they all contribute. And you think about a pitcher in baseball, it's a rotation. A pitcher makes... Pitcher makes, what, 26, 28, 30 starts during a baseball season? That's all. They play 162 games. He's the only player who's guaranteed to touch the ball every time that you're on offense. You know, every time the snap goes to to him. I mean, people are going to say, oh, no, no, sometimes they take the quarterback out and run the wildcat. Yeah, I get that, but you know what I mean. And you've only got to see the way a team plummets the minute they haven't got a quarterback. Yeah, I totally agree. They're not to go around. But, but Darren, let, let's go back to the 49ers, right? Let's, let's, let's have a little bit of a reminisce again. We were sat in the, 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 uh, the media section of the stadium and we're looking down and the confetti's gone off. I think you and I were in agreement that the San Francisco 49ers would be hanging around yeah. for quite a while at the, yeah. you know, in, the, in the playoffs. And, it, and it's sad to see players like Borsa, Kittle, all of their running backs... Every single one of them go down with an injury or, or COVID protocol has kicked in and they're not able to play. It, it's quite sad because we talked about the Miami Dolphins and what they mean to the UK. The 49ers are the same. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Roger Craig, those are three iconic players that if you were into American football in the 80s, early 90s, you knew their names. You knew who they were. Their number was iconic to you. There has to be a reason. It's one of the things I've got in the little numbers section. There has to be a reason why a team gets to a Super Bowl, loses, and then finds it really hard to get back. And we both said, and we both, you know, we'll both hold our hands up here. From my own personal standpoint, I thought there's far too much talent on the roster. They've got a young, hungry coaching staff that's uber-talented. They'll get, they'll certainly be right in the mix at the end of the year. I, I can't work out whether it's just pure coincidence that all the bad luck's befallen them, or that there is some reason. Let me tell you this: the 49ers Vernon, are the 22nd defending conference champion with a losing record after nine games. 
of the previous 21, only the Eagles in 2018, the Seahawks in 2015, and the Chargers in 1995 came back to make the playoffs that year. Wow. So you're talking 21 conference champions with a losing record after nine games and only three got in the playoffs. And that's the position that the 49ers find themselves in at the minute. Now, it can't be fluke because it's happening too often. Something must happen within the locker room, the coach's office, whatever it is, after you lose a Super Bowl that makes it ridiculously difficult to come back. I don't know whether it's just the, the overall disappointment of losing the game casts a shadow over everybody and it takes them a while to get going again. Whether one or two start pointing fingers so the chemistry that was good the year before goes. Maybe you spend a bit, little bit too long partying because you actually got there so that by the time you come back again, physically you're playing catch-up. I don't know. Maybe the strength of schedule goes against you a little bit as well. But there has to be some kind of correlation from a, a Super Bowl team losing to not being particularly good the year after. Well, one thing that always happens is coaching staff, and I don't mean in particular the head coach, but assistant coaches and their assistant coaches, they become the ones to go and get, don't they, when yeah. a team made the Super Bowl. So in maybe... San Francisco's case, that didn't happen. You know, Robert Soller is the, is the defensive coordinator, hot commodity supposedly at the end of last year for a head coaching job, but he's still there. The offensive yeah. side of things, it's, it's, it's Carl Shanahan, isn't it? Yeah, but generally that's what happens, is the yeah. bottom feeders come looking for food, don't they? Yeah, they do. And they, and they kind of... Sw I mean, look how many times Bill Belichick's had to revamp his offense or defense. I know that his offensive coordinator has been there for a while and he probably will be. I think he'll take over from Belichick when he decides to call it a day. I think that's the deal that's already been done, to be honest with you. Mm. But they do come circling. The vultures do come circling once a team has made it to the, to the Super Bowl. There's no better example, Darren, and I think you'll agree, than the Atlanta Falcons and their demise since they blew a 23-point lead against... Was it 23 points? 28 points, yeah. something like that, against the Patriots in the Super Bowl in Houston. Yeah. I, mean, I wonder sometimes whether it's the manner in which you lose and then people in the room stop believing to a certain extent. Yeah. Dan Quinn's a defensive coach, isn't he? And all of a sudden you blow it in that way. And I think about the Carolina Panthers who got there for Super Bowl 50 for Cam Newton and then lose to Denver, who had a quarterback who couldn't even throw the ball. You know, <laughs> the game, but they still lost. And maybe you then start to second guess what the, the theory was. Last year, you know, the Niners had the game in the back. They, they, they were a few first downs away from winning the Super Bowl and they couldn't get over the line. Maybe those people in the room then check out mentally a little bit and go, well, we should have won that. That's a really good point because I, I've watched that game back a couple of times now and I'm thinking, hang on a minute, this game was San Francisco's for the taking. Yeah. It really was. It doesn't matter how many times Patrick Mahomes can run up and down the sidelines, geeing up his offense and getting the defense fired up. The game was in the grasp of the 49ers. Yeah. There has to be something. I'd love someone to do a study to work out what it is that, that takes you from the best in your conference to struggling to even get back to the playoffs the year after. And yeah, the Niners aren't going to get there. The, NF the NFC, the division they're in with the Rams, I mean, they're another one. I mean, the Rams went to the Super Bowl, didn't they, against New England and lost a tight game. Never looked like they were going to win it, but they lost a tight game. And then the following year, they struggled. And you're thinking McVeigh, Goff, Gurley, Donald, you know, they're all right, they're stacked. Oh, they weren't the year after. That roster starts to look different. 
Mm. Anyway, let me give you the rest of these numbers. What was a high point of the fumble? Yeah, so I've got four left. I'm trying to work out which, which way to do it in, because they're all quite good, actually. But I quite like all of them this week. So Tua, who you mentioned earlier, Tua Tunga Vailoa, the, the quarterback now of the Miami Dolphins. He's the first left-handed quarterback to start an NFL game since Kellen Moore in 2015. There are no keggy handers in the NFL apart from uh, Tua. Wow. And you know what? It totally changes the value of your offensive line. Because conventionally, a right-handed quarterback needs the left tackle to protect his blind side. That's right. Right tackle in Miami is now the important man because he's throwing from the other side. So Tua's blind side is the right tackle. So that's an important one. That, you need to look at the Miami right tackle now to make sure he's elite, not necessarily the left. God. That's good. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, here we go. Five touchdown passes against the Jets last week. Yeah. One game. The Jets have thrown four all season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sam Donald. Come on, baby. Five in a game for Patrick Mahomes, four all season for the beleaguered Jet. David oh. Tosson's team, Dave's team. Right, oh. this will surprise you. The marquee franchise in the NFL, the one they all follow. We all want to be like them, the New England Patriots. Last drafted a pro bowler in 2013. No. Patriots last drafted a Pro Bowler in 2013, Jamie Collins. So when you look at it now, we stick it on, on Cam's doorstep and all that. They generally are losing talent. They're not as talented as they need to be. And you can only go so far if you build Belichick. So not drafting a Pro Bowler since 2013, Jamie Collins. I think that team deserves more props than... I know they get a lot, but that's a statistic that's blown me away. Yeah. Yeah. When you think of the number of Pro Bowlers on say, the Chiefs and the 49ers, the two Super Bowl teams last year. Yeah. Kind of looking at that, thinking that's a... But they're having to go and find it in, the, in, in, in free agency. And wow. If they've got a pro bowler, that's the way it is. Stefan Gilmore is the obvious one. Best corner in the league. But he was, he was drafted by Buffalo. He's now at New England, but he wasn't yeah. one there. And the last one, Dallas have had 32 drives, offensive drives, since Dak Prescott was injured. And they've managed one touchdown on 32 drives. That's depressing. Yeah. If you're a Dallas fan, there's, there's, no, there's no end in sight, I'm afraid. You're Jerry Jones, right? Yeah. If you're Dallas, you're probably not going to win another game all year. Fair? Especially not with the fellow they've got playing quarterback at the minute. So what are they at the minute? Two and six. Yeah. Which is probably about what they're worth, two and six at the minute. <laughs> The Dallas are two and six. So they, let's go, let's say they go two and 14. And they're in the mix with the Jags and the Jets and all that. Yeah. Will Jerry Jones, if he gets the chance, draft Trevor Lawrence, who is supposed to be the best prospect coming out since Andrew Luck? He's meant to be even better than Joe Burrow, who's making a massive impact with Cincinnati. If you're Jerry Jones, do you pay Dak and keep him as your quarterback? Or do you bomb Dak and do you draft Trevor Lawrence if you get the chance? That is the million-dollar question. Because it's Jerry Jones, we don't know the answer. However, I would try and get as many... They're on, a, they're on for a rebuild. It's as simple as that. So I would try and get Trevor Lawrence, yes, because I think he... You're right, he is a very talented quarterback. I've been really impressed 
watched him over at Clemson. I think he's superb. He's got patience in the pocket, which you just can't teach. And I would try and get as many draft picks as possible for Dak Prescott. Yeah. But, uh, well, but I think contractually he's struggling. Because yeah. he's, he's only on the franchise tag. So yeah. he's not got a long-term deal. So Dak could essentially walk and you could draft Trevor Lawrence and go in a different direction. That would then alter that quarterback landscape. Because then, provided you're happy that he's healthy after the injury, there's a whole load of teams out there that think Dak Prescott makes us better. Which we've just talked about. Which we just talked about. So that, that, something like that could be the game changer. That could be the domino situation, couldn't it? Yeah, the knock-on effect of that decision could be massive for a lot of teams. Because yes. I, think, I think they'll get rid of... They'll definitely get rid of Gallup. They'll definitely get rid of one or two more receivers. I think they'll try and build the franchise on C.D. Lamb, even though he plays on the inside. Mm. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott's not going anywhere. They've tried over many, many years to build that offensive line, which is now crocked, and it's getting slower. Yeah. To be honest with you, Darren, you could strip it down all day. It, the, at the end of the day, the fact is that they're shite. Yeah. In every aspect of the game. It's a technical term. It's probably one thing they're going to use in the war room on draft day. <laughs> Stephen Jones turns to Jerry Jones in his Texas drawl and says, we're shite. Hey, Jerry, we're shite. <laughs> Goddamn shite. But I also think the flip side of that, and it's another persuasive argument, is that if you're Jerry Jones and you're 2 and 14, and there's, there's two or three quarterbacks coming out that people want, and you've got that, just think what you could get for the pick. If that pick enables you to take Trevor yep. Lawrence, when you think yep. about the kind of ransoms that you know Washington gave up to get RG three and that kind of thing, yeah, so you you could look at that and go, that that could essentially bring the kind of haul of draft picks that they got all those years ago when they traded Herschel Walker to the Vikings, and that triggered the Jimmy Johnson Super Bowl run that ran into Barry Switzer. So. They could do it one of two ways. You either go and get a generational talent at quarterback or you accept that you've got a pretty good NFL quarterback who was having a really great season before he got hurt and then parlay the pick into numerous first-rounders over the next two or three years and rebuild it that way. It's fascinating, isn't it? And it could yeah. happen. They could be the one team that's got the quarterback position essentially sorted who stink because of the injury. Yeah. And then off you go. Yeah, amazing. Like I said, the knock-on effect of that decision is huge. Well, listen, I'm a, you know, we're Bears fans. If I thought that they could start next year with Dak Prescott, the quarterback, I'd be delighted. I'd take that. Absolutely. So that, straight away, you think, well, that could be the answer to their problem. But I, I don't think, I think Jerry would, would keep him and, and trade, the, trade the pick. Yeah. All right, Darren, uh, any more numbers before we say goodbye? No, that's all of them for this week. Other than the fact that the other number is now that we're going to be without you for a few weeks. Yeah. For a few, apparently. Uh, yeah, allegedly, I, I, I'm going to be unavailable, uncontactable. Yeah. Uh, you need a break from it. Uh, yeah, I'm tired. The fumble, you know, it wears me down, Darren. I'll be honest with you. These numbers are just mind-blowing, and I've got to rebuild. I've been Googling, and... I've heard that Wales is great this time of year. Let's <laughs> see if I can get there. <laughs> yeah, but, but listen, just be careful, my friend, because when you're not with me, it can be a jungle out there. Hey! <laughs>
Well, we will see what happens. Uh, but Darren, I, I, I'm not worried in the slightest because I know the fumble ship is sailing, it's riding the crest of the wave of the NFL. Uh, All I would say is we're missing you already. And wherever, wherever you're going and whatever you're going to do, we wish you the best of luck. Cheers, pal. All I would say is if you come back to record the next one, and your breath smells like a sheep's backside. <laughs> Take precautions before we record. <laughs> I would personally like to wish you all the best. And if, over the course of the next few weeks, I get the chance to vote for you to do anything, I will be doing that. <laughs> our, our friendship will remain. But because I love you so much, I will vote. I will vote. Well, just, just an aside for legal reasons, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> I hope you like water. I hope you like cold. I hope you like bizarre tasting things. But apart from that, have a great holiday, wherever you're going and whatever yeah. you're doing. Cheers, pal. Uh, yeah, thanks very much, Darren. Appreciate that. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So the next time that we'll speak uh, will probably be the first week of December after my holiday. I'm looking forward to it already. All right, good man. We have to decide how you're going to look after my fantasy football team whilst I'm away. Well, I need your login details for a start, which I've not got. Right, okay. I'm 7-1, and one, so I'll look after it very well. Yeah, you are 7-1, and one, Darren, but let's look at the points uh, against Colin, right? <laughs> You've, you've got the least amount of points that have been scored against you. I think someone else has got like 10 more points in the points against Colin. I'm just saying that, you know, you've played weaker teams. You've played the teams when they've had an off week. I had 155 points this weekend, right? And you I watched... I can't believe it take you this long to mention it. I know, I know. And what you watched this week, I guarantee I'll get 86. You will with the team I'm going to put out for you. Uh, there it is. What I, what I would say is we're one and two in our conference. So hang on. So if and I'm going to lose this week, I think I'm playing. I'm playing Chris, one of Crossy's lads this week, Chris Martinez. Chris has had a, a terrible year, but he's he's going to beat me out of sight this week because I've got a few out, and he's got he's had Devante Adams get 23 last night, so he's projected to beat me by about 20 points. So we could end this weekend. I could be second to you because you'll go above me on points scored. So. Although I did, I, I beat you when we played. You beat me. You beat like me. Say, I've been playing crap teams every week. I've played. <laughs> <laughs> so, so turn that back. So yeah, but I, I will, I will endeavour. I, I promise you, I will pick you the best team 
And look, last week, you texted me last week, I was sat in the house, you went, I've got three. What do you think? And the one I went for, a really good night, and the other two, I said, try him. Damien Harris, you went for. Yeah. England, the other two, I, I, I leave them. So I, yeah. I will give you legitimate, my legitimate help, but I'm going to pick the best team I think every week. I'm not going to throw any fixtures, and I can guarantee you, my friend, that when you return, you will be in the playoffs. All right, nice. Thank you, Dave. And, and that's it. What we need to do then is work out what percentage of any winnings you <laughs> my contribution during the season. <laughs> Try to see who you're going to play. And then we'll look at who you play while you're gone. Because that's good. Because Crossy might, Crossy might be able to cross my arm, you know. Ah, uh, yes. So. Well, let's take a look at the schedule, shall we? I don't play you again, put it that way. No. No. There's only four games after this. Right, okay. So who have you got then still to play? Right, so I've got I've got the Leyland, I've got Scott Rimmer this week, yeah. which I'll be able to manage. These are the games that I won't be able to manage. Okay. Chris Martinez. Yeah. Alex Cottingham. Yeah. And Michael Cross. Chris has played me this week and he's gonna win. And when he does that, he will go to four and five and he's right in the playoff one. So he needs to win that if he's playing hard. Alec Cottingham at the minute, Cotters, big Cotters, he's three and five. So you should, he's been struggling. And even Scott Rimmer, Scott's yeah. five and three. Now, Scott's five and three, he's not bad, Scott. So you've got three teams all in the other conference for, not in our yeah. league. Yeah, that's true, yeah. But you're six and two, you've got a game, you're projected to win this, you know, because there's a thing you can go on where it says projected finish, and you're projected to win. Well, the thing is, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's chat uh, off off air, so to speak, because yeah, I've got a couple of decisions to make here and there with a couple of players. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, anyway, Darren, thank you as always, my friend. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely loved it. Looking forward to getting you back already. Take care. Enjoy. Cheers, pal. Uh, this has been a Shooting Shark production. Uh, if you see me, or next time you see me, uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Give us some help. Uh, that's all I can say. All right, all the best for Mike. Take care. See you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 